you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen, in case you didn't know, but I'm sure you all do. Today's podcast is actually a replay of a podcast that I did just about a year ago, which was a second interview with a um, dental dentist, Dr. Dave Shirazi, and we were talking about TMJ and tinnitus and chronic pain, migraines, all of those kinds of things. And I thought this would be a really good time to put this on, put this out again, because there's still a lot of tension and a lot of pressure. And I don't know about you, I'm doing a lot of teeth clenching myself. So I just thought it might be interesting and it was good timing. So that's it. I hope you enjoy it. And I will look forward to talking to all of you next week. So hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And today I have Dave Shirazi back to talk a little bit more on some of the the issues around, um, we had talked about sleep, and now we're going to talk about some pain and chronic pain types of uh, issues that people have, and particularly having to do with affecting their sleep and any other issues, you know, just kind of takes over your life. I know with other people who've had it. So welcome, Dave. I'm really happy to have you back. Wonderful to be back. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So why don't you, why don't you give me a little, a little intro and and folks a little um, intro. What I think is like the greatest kind of segue is Mm. a doctor decades ago, I want to say almost 50 years ago, wrote a paper called TMJ, The Great Imposter. It's kind of hard to find now, but you will find it if you Google search it. Um, And he talked about, I think he was an ENT. He talked about a TMJ disorder can mimic so many things, right? So obviously, I think we talked about last time how people who clench their teeth get tension type headaches. Uh, which can then lead to migraine type headaches. Um, But also like the number two cause of a lot of ear problems, like ear pain, ear congestion, stuffiness, and even tinnitus, right? Interesting, yeah. And and so, and usually like when I say number two, because number one is infectious, right? If you have an infection in your ear that can cause a myriad Mm. of problems. But if your ENT has ruled out any ear issue, and you're having, let's say, tinnitus and ear congestion, et cetera, they should send you to someone who's an expert at working on TMJ issues in a functional way. So for example, um, there are some experts whose their, their main methodology for treating a TMJ problem is, you know, 
muscle relaxers and anti-inflammatories, which is fine for a very temporary period while you figure things out. But that's definitely not a long-term solution, right? You want someone that knows mm-hmm. how to manage the jaw and what you do with it when you're clenching your teeth, mm-hmm. let alone your bite. So that's something you want to be clear on what you want to find. Um, with tinnitus, in my experience, um, because tinnitus could be even caused by acoustic neuroma. So you want to have an MRI and rule that out. But just anecdotally, just, just from my years of clinical practice, which is like 15 now limited to this, is that if someone has the kind of tinnitus that comes and goes, right? Uh, or it's maybe it's always there, but it sometimes gets louder, quieter, higher pitch, lower pitch, mm-hmm. um, but it's not related to how quiet it is or how loud it is outside. Those I find can be related to a TMJ problem and I'll explain in a second. But if someone has uh, constant tinnitus, that's always the same, never changes pitch or tone. And usually people that have that have a history of working with power tools, working with like uh, high music, you know, concerts and things like that, uh, volume. So uh, those are typically not related to a TMJ problem. This is just a very anecdotal, just sort of like heads up, but let your expert control it out. Um, we actually have a ligament from the T- TMJ that attaches to the malleus of the ear. What right? is the malleus? The, the malleus, so you've got three small little bones in the okay. ear that are associated with sound. Yeah. And the malleus is like the third one. And oh, okay. there, it's, there are ligamentous connections because it comes from the same brachial arch during embryological development. So they have okay. fibers that connect it, right? Oh, okay. So there is a connection, it's called the discomalleus ligament, right? Okay. And um, <laughs> if we have a clicking or popping in the jaw, usually that means the joint is in a different location than it normally. Uh-huh. And when it's like that, it'll pull on that ligament onto the malleus oh. of the ear and can potentially cause tinnitus. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I get, I get the clicking. You get the clicking. Yeah, it could mm. be associated with that as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's the correlation there. I don't know if I, uh, if I, if we talked about it last time, but there is a phenomenon called central sensitization, which is basically uh, when we have pain, we have peripheral pain, meaning you stub your finger, you stub your toe, and you feel pain, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Central sensitization is when that same pain is just re-injured over and over and mm-hmm. over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when it's injured, we, the brain actually goes or can go through plastic changes. It actually changes Mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's called central sensitization. And it makes other parts of the body hurt or react in ways that it wouldn't have before. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Right. So um, migraines, all migraines that I know of, are mm-hmm. centrally sensitized trigeminal disorders, all of them. Oh, okay. Right? And, huh. and there are, I think, a countless number of case studies where someone with migraines uh, had their TMJ, who also had a TMJ disorder, treated their TMJ disorder, mm-hmm. and the migraine went away. You know? mm-hmm. I've even treated patients on several occasions 
that had what's called menstrual migraine. Like they get the migraine uh-huh. right before their period. Yeah, yeah. And very obvious a hormonal imbalance, right? Mm-hmm. It's a menstrual mm-hmm. migraine. But yeah. even they also had a TMJ problem and we helped treat their TMJ problem and mm-hmm. their migraines went away as well. Oh, interesting. Okay. Right? Because we're, okay. even though the hormonal problem surely wasn't resolved yet, it yeah. did something to the amount of impetus that went into causing that okay. central sensitization. Right. It, it kind of piled on. That's right. In a way so, and made it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so that you makes can sense. the migraines from your TMJ and right. your hormonal imbalance. Yeah. 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 And maybe the hormonal imbalance wouldn't have ended up in a migraine if it didn't Correct. have this other part with it. Correct. <clears throat> that's, it. that's what we think. Mm-hmm. That's what we think. Okay. That, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, yeah. because there are different levels of pain, right? Um, and if it can, if it can add together and, you know, the two things together make a bigger third. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you have to think one has to think, what is the benefit of central sensitization, right? Like, why is that mm-hmm. evolutionarily ingrained in us? Yeah. And I mean, one, the most, and these are all hypotheses, right? Um, one, we could say, well, if you never treated the original cause, now your body has something else to remind you to <laughs> fix it, the causal pain. Um, that's one way. But if we, if we look at things from the concept of survival, because mm-hmm. our neurology, our body, our autonomic nervous system is geared towards survival. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. both in the short term and in the long yeah. term, but mostly in the short term uh-huh. uh, we the things that cause central sensitization or plastic changes in the brain mm-hmm. are one ptsd okay right? yep. you know traumas can cause plastic changes in the brain mm-hmm. and pain those are the only mm-hmm. two i know of <laughs> okay outside of cancers right those are the only two that i know of. Uh, okay okay but also our pain receptors in our brain are tied in with our limbic system, which is our emotional system. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. And yeah. and also like like if a child gets a boo-boo and mom goes and like kind of like pets it, yeah. yeah. That actually works. Uh-huh. That actually works. We have a motto that says uh, proprioception blocks nociception, which means nociception is pain. Okay. And proprioception would be like the tactility. This oh. actually blocks pain temporarily. Uh-huh. Right? That's uh-huh. why if you notice, if you ever had a shot at the dentist, he'll jiggle your cheek right before yeah. the shot. Right. He's using proprioception, blocks nociception, gates there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, huh. so I always wondered about that. Yeah. Yeah. So there is an emotional component there. But, but think about this, you know, when humans first came on earth, first evolved mm-hmm. on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you know, a family member, right? Let's say a parent and a child, let's just say, it, are eating food like berries or an animal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And while they're doing it, one of them has an anaphylactic response to a poisonous herb. Let's okay. just say, yep. but that, yep. right? And then that's it. And then that family member no longer has that family member in their lives anymore, mm-hmm. which would be the closest to a PTSD outside of being chased back yep. while, right? And so that, that trauma can make someone now be more vigilant when it comes to food. 
right? Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. early mammals, um, they were indiscriminate about the food they ate. They uh -huh. just thought, oh, food, I'm going to eat it all. Oh, uh -huh. my God, more food, I'm going to eat it all. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And only when they get to a point of, of like, bursting does the concept of saving it for later come in. But usually mammals, early mammals, would just right. eat until they exploded. That's right. right. Yeah. So then now you have more advanced mammals that would eat and observe the person next to them, next to them passing away. And yeah. then next time they're going to go into it and go taste it, you know, before they go and jump into uh -huh. eating. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, and then now imagine now that person has now made epigenetic plastic changes to their pain due to their PTSD. Right. Yep. Now, let's say they produce an offspring that had the same exact trauma, mm -hmm. right? Now there's a strong likelihood that the offspring will have those kind of chance, uh, you know, built-in mechanisms in their brain already built in. Okay, okay, no, and that's then, right. Yeah. And, and then the next generation and so on survives because mm -hmm. they became more vigilant about what they ate uh -huh. because of what happened in the past. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, no, absolutely, absolutely. That's the learned learned behavior and the learned you know, that that's, that is just goes on and on from generation to another, from one to another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. It just came to me as I was driving to work one day that, yeah, that's, um, that's really something else, you know, uh, that's, mm -hmm. that, that could have been the direction and the purpose of central sensitization. We don't know, yeah. you know, the hypothesis, of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so much, there's so much about how humans developed mm -hmm. along with all the other animals, you know, that, um, that, that we still don't know, you know, I mean, yes. it's just having not been there. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of hard so much of, of what everyone, everything that we're educated with, right. Is, mm -hmm. is a lot of, it's just guesswork. It's just, it is, it's just, it is, but in, in looking at the big picture, though. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like what makes sense, what fits the picture. Yeah. What fits the picture. And, of course, the first thing, again, if you focus on survival. Right. Uh, a, a group of people have a higher chance of survival if they stick together. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. If they distribute their food, if they protect yeah. each other more evenly, um, they have a higher chance of survival, right? But uh -huh. at the same time, uh, different groups of people in this, you know, held in a relatively small space have an opportunity mm -hmm. to have conflict, right? right? Yep. But the interesting thing is, if you, if you study psychology, knowing the conflict, uh, things that trigger us will help reveal what we have going on inside of us, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it depends on how, how the individual takes it, but yep. just being around other people can be enlightening in and of itself. Uh-huh, uh-huh, mm -hmm. yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Again, learned behavior, right? Learned behavior, and because yeah. the, the truth is, is that everything, without exception, everything is a neutral event mm -hmm. until we decide that it's good or bad, right? right. There's, yes. always, there's always gonna be what we want and what we don't want, but everything is a neutral event, Yeah. right? Yeah. But if something goes from being a neutral event to being a trigger, uh -huh. then it's like, okay, well, let's talk about the trauma of that. 
you know, what, what, what brought on the trigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The trigger comes from within, not from the external. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and aren't we lucky that, that we have words to describe that? Because yeah. our ancestors didn't. They sure didn't. No, they did it the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you know, and, and I think the other part of that is, or the negative part of that is that um, we as human beings get really go down a lot of rabbit holes. Mm hmm right talking about things and describing things and putting putting things together that that yeah maybe some of them should be together and other ones are like well no that's a little out of the out of the range of possibility okay. <laughs> um okay. yeah so it it is it is so interesting to see how things do change and morph as we and other animals change and morph mm-hmm. um Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So back to back to um, like the, the chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can talk about that a little a little more specifically. I know you've made the, the connection right, sure. with a lot so, of the TMJ, but then then what do we do about it? Right. Well, that's the challenging part because uh, someone that has acute pain, like new mm-hmm. pain, it's almost always from where it hurts okay okay. when someone has chronic pain it's almost never from where it hurts oh i didn't know that okay because of that concept of central sensitization that mechanism Uh so uh a physician uh he's passed away uh but his name was john beck a certifiable genius this man just a brilliant human being and he was an orthopedic surgeon working, working on workman's comp cases out here in Anaheim, in California. Uh-huh. And him and his partner had noticed that they, they had a really poor success rate. And they couldn't understand why, because they, they, they knew the, the, how the injury happened. They saw the videotape of the injury oftentimes. Uh-huh. They did the MRI. They saw the problem. And they had physical therapists, they had surgery, they had all these things at their disposal, mm-hmm. and they had very questionable, you know, outcomes, which like everybody did, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when the concept of central sensitization first came up, only in 1989, that's, oh, it was wow. published in the journal Nature. It's, it's a pretty new concept, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very few people actually understood it, mm-hmm. but, but they did, but they did. Yeah. And they came up with a neurological exam that they named, they have a lot of names for it, but motor reflex test is one, uh-huh. pain, P-A-N-E is one. They published, uh-huh. published at least four times, if not more. And they were able to determine what the hierarchy was in the concept of pain. Okay. Right? Uh-huh. So like my mentor would follow him for a year. Uh-huh. And for, for a year, like one day a week, you would just follow him. And a patient would come in and would complain about left median nerve pain. Oh. Yeah. And he would examine it. And then he would do a motor reflex test. Mm-hmm. And the patient tested for right median nerve pain. So then all he did was examine the right side. And uh-huh. the patient would say, uh, Doc, it's my left yeah, side. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he examined it. And then without asking permission, he would just pull out his pen and just do a lidocaine injection on that right side, right? And the patient's like, well, what are you doing? 
right? Yeah. But yeah. he was a very likable guy. So, you know, he would be very chatty with his patients. He was, he was uh -huh. likable. And he goes, well, I'm doing an experiment. Let's see. So he gave it about a minute or two. And he goes, okay, how does your left side feel now? And he goes, you know what? It doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> he goes, yeah, it's the right side. That's the problem, right? So uh -huh. then he would order the correct MRI. He would uh -huh. order the correct surgery or physical therapy or both. Uh -huh. And patients would get better, right? And, uh -huh. and that's the thing. And so now there's other uh, orthopedic surgeons out in like uh, Indiana and such that are using this motor reflex test to find out what the cause of the patient's issues okay. are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And every center, I, I told you I'm in a, I'm in a group. I'm, you right. know, there's 65 of us throughout the world. We yes. all do the tests. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. It's one of the most defining characteristics of our centers is doing this test and seeing oh. if we can find the origin of the patient's problem mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. we can yeah mm -hmm. yeah no that makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense just mm -hmm. because i mean there are also all those things about how people have uh they hurt their right leg okay and so then they start favoring the right leg right and, they put and all the, the left the hip and the left leg starts being out of, you know, out of alignment. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it just builds and builds and builds. Right. Um, so it, it make it all makes a lot of sense. It all makes the same. I mean, it's the same, it's kind of the same, the same idea. Um, it's a similar concept, but we definitely mm -hmm. see that in the NFL. Um, when, when someone blows out their ACL. Yeah. Um, it's usually within a season or two that they'll blow out the other ACL. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. We see Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. A lot, yeah. And, yeah. and I'll tell you in my field that I think that's one of the reasons why uh, TMJ pathology has been such an enigma mm -hmm. because patients will come in and, you know, we're trying to find out mm -hmm. what's the cause of their problem. And then once we find the cause, well, how do we treat it then? Yeah. Right. So it, it, it it's been a challenge in our in our profession for sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the, the alignment and, and all of that is a lot of what the um, chiropractors mm -hmm. do and and a number of the other um, more hands on physical. Mm hmm kinds of um yeah osteopaths and stuff that's right exactly yep even some cranial yeah. sacral people but um yes. osteopathic oh yeah i've had that that's wonderful yeah it's obviously the greatest yeah 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 just thinking about it makes me feel good um <laughs> well i love i love having well most people do i love having my head you know massaged and you know, yeah. it, no, when, when the osteopaths work on me, even the cranial physical therapists, when they work on me, I just go straight to sleep. I love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yes, okay. <laughs> so other things like trigeminal neuralgia uh -huh. uh, or any other really, any kind of neuralgia like burning mouth syndrome or things like mm. that, those mm. are also centrally sensitized disorders, okay. right? And uh -huh. finding the cause to that is really, really important because mm -hmm. um, the alternatives, you know, brain surgery and mm. like medication are really not, not fun. No, no. And, and can be dangerous, really. I, well, maybe dangerous isn't the right word, but a lot more um, open to issues. 
Yeah, than I mean, a lot of these other things that you should do first. Yeah, risk, right. you know, risk from surgery versus risk from wearing a removable appliance is quite Thank different. You. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Just a tad. You're right. <laughs> Not to mention the cost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I had a couple patients that um, that actually preferred surgery. And really? it, was, it surprised me, wow. but you got to let them do what they want to do. You know, all you can do is give them an informed decision and let them, you know, decide what they want to do. Oh, no, absolutely. Especially, especially when you're trying to get somebody to wear an appliance when mm -hmm. they're sleeping or even during the whole, during the day, you know, I'm, because if they're not going to do it, you know, I, I know even myself when I was growing up, I had um, orthodonture work. You didn't wear your retainers? Well, I would put them in and in the middle of the night while I was asleep. They would end up on the floor or on the table next to me, or that's whatever. Not so, that's not so uncommon. Oh no, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's not. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, that's why. That's why my top teeth are much straighter. They didn't. They even didn't do anything with my bottom teeth. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they put one wire in it on the inside to, when they were growing out, but that was about it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but it doesn't matter because nobody can see my bottom teeth anyway. So <laughs> I think that was the idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and the way we treat uh, chronic pain, like the kind of conditions we were talking about mm -hmm. in children, in the growing child, mm -hmm. is through what's called functional orthodontics. Okay. You know, because, okay. you know, you can't make a night guard on a mouth or a maxilla on a child that clenches their teeth. Mm. You follow? Mm -hmm. So you have to make something for them that's going to either accommodate or support their growth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because otherwise every couple of months you're going to have to do a new one, right? No, no, no. That's the problem is if you make No, no, a night I'm saying with the other, with the night guard. Yeah, that, no, that's no, no, what I'm saying. Well, that's what I'm trying to say is yeah. with the night guard, it uh -huh. would act like a retainer, so it would stop the growth in their mouth. Ah, right. Okay. Which of course okay. you don't want. I see. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I misunderstood. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. And I've had patients that unfortunately had to do that, and they just have a teeny, teeny, teeny mouth. Just a, oh, no. A, you could barely put their thumb in their palate. Uh -huh. it's, pretty, it's pretty, pretty tiny. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah, that's, that's how I got into all this was I was doing functional orthodontics straight out of dental school and I was really enjoying it. And both adults and children were coming and telling me, oh, my migraines are gone. And I would say, well, I didn't even know you had migraines, you yeah. know, and yeah. I said, good for you, you know, and they're like, yeah. no, when I take your appliance out, my migraines come back. Right. Yeah. And so the first time it happens, I'm like, okay, that's just weird. And then it happened a second time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I take it to my study group and I take it to the lectures I've gone to. Uh -huh. And they apparently knew this. <laughs> apparently it wasn't the secret that I thought it was. Uh, and, but they hadn't shared it. Well, not yet anyway. And, yeah. and um, because, you know, it's, it's big. It starts off, the concept gets bigger and bigger and bigger, right. but you can tie it together. Yeah. Um, and when I got into the world of 
cranial facial pain and oral facial pain. Boy, this was a world that was completely new to me. Like mm-hmm. when I took these courses, it was nothing like the other courses I had ever taken for like root canals, extractions, fillings, whatever you want to call it. Um, they were nothing like it. They were completely uh-huh. different. Completely I think different. so, yeah. Yeah. And and I was just blown away. I'm like, this exists? <laughs> this, the, the, the concept, the specialty wasn't even mentioned in dental school. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? We had rotations in ODNR, which was oral facial pain, uh, oral okay. pathology, diagnosis, and radiology. Um, and we discussed pain a little bit, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything to, that, that wasn't in depth. Right, right. And particularly if, if it sounded like it was something um, in the head, but not, well, not even in the head sometimes, right? But mm-hmm. not, not right around the mouth or the jaw or something. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because because the the powers that be would be thinking, oh no, that's that's outside of our and and our and it wasn't and it's not that it's outside what no. we do because our jaws, the foundation right. of our bite, yeah. our muscles are critical to our function. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's two aspects of of dental studies that I've noticed is one the health studies, right? So you can know when they're you know what's going on with the patient and mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. medications or anesthetics are okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But a big part of the knowledge of dentistry is what I call in the carpentry of dentistry, hmm. okay. right? The, the prepping of teeth, the mechanical aspect, the, man, the, the management of soft tissue and hard tissue, uh-huh. um, the, the occlusal or the bite balance, like mm-hmm. that, that's like the focus of, of the vast majority of dentists. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying mm-hmm. it's what it is. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, society has kind of locked them out into a particular area, mm-hmm. you know, just, just like they have with other other doctors. That's why the chiropractors and the osteopaths and all of that are naturopathic doctors are all um, able to, to deal with all these things that are kind of a, a little more edgy. Mm-hmm. if you want to call it that and the connections much more than your typical uh dot md correct um usually allopathic medicine um from a conventional md is more focused on symptom management mm-hmm. either with medication or with surgery and osteopaths chiropractors and naturopaths are not always are pre- predominantly are focused on more the functional cause of the problem so they're going to go fishing yeah see if they can find you know a causal link yeah 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 which is why typically that's where i go if i'm if i'm looking for something more along those lines than than Mm -hmm. you know than give me giving me a band-aid or something for yeah (laughs) yeah you know um and that's um yeah i it's um my my regular IMD doctors have always been, um, you know, it's like they listen to me when I say, well, can you do this? And can you get me this kind of test and stuff? And, and they look at me and it's like, oh, you know, I don't know, another one of those, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they play along with me and sometimes they don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 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 
they're doing the best they can. I always that's say. true, and 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 the best they're allowed in yeah, a lot no, of the, time, a lot of places as well, right? I mean, like like a, a just because the insurance companies or the medical places like Kaiser and things like that, you know, I mean, that's just yeah, it's a it's a it's an institution, just like anything it, else. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They, their their hands are more tied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so back to with the the TMJ. I know the last time we had talked a little bit about the appliances and and that mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So, is it mostly just that that one that we've seen with the the two, you know, the top and the bottom, and then the the metal kind of in between with to train the the tongue? I know you had showed that oh. before. Yeah, no, it's it's really it really depends. Like we have an mm-hmm. alpha appliance, like we talked about. Okay, that's the more orthodontic orthopedic movement. Okay, we have different appliances to treat sleep apnea or to uh-huh. manage someone's what we call bruxism, their clenching of their teeth. Mm. Uh, but that's that's about the extent of it. Um, it when we talk about like TMJ disorders. We're, we're trying to find, so how did they get here? You know, and a lot of times it's just because they clenched their teeth. It could be a whiplash or it could be other things, other factors could be their bite. Um, but we're always just trying to find the cause and treat to that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I know I have my, my little um, thing for, for clenching my teeth at night that I wear. Um, but but yeah, I get the I get the clicking and the, you know, and it gets out of joint and oh yeah. yeah. And um and we've had um uh, like last time we talked, we talked about mm-hmm. how at roughly 50% of the time it's a form of sleep apnea that is related right. to clenching of their teeth. Yes. yes. Right. So we have to sometimes go in that direction and let them know, hey, this is something you may want to talk to your physician uh-huh. about a sleep study and and treating yeah that. right right yeah exactly no we had we had talked about that um mm-hmm. and actually i forgot to mention that to my doctor when i was there a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. as a matter of fact yeah. i had my little list and it i keep finding things that i forgot to write on there but um yeah yeah well it, it's for me at least it's it's developed more so um as i've gotten older mm-hmm. because i wasn't snoring when I was younger. That's you typically know. the case. It's usually yeah. a progressive problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The neuromuscular tone gets weaker as we get older usually. We don't uh-huh. use it. Right, oh no, exactly, exactly. And so, um, yeah, I've been trying to sleep on my side. Okay. More, which I don't snore when I'm doing that. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't do that for a while because I had a shoulder problem. Okay. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So I've been it's been good. I've been able to sleep more on that way. And I have found that I've been that I am sleeping better. Good. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. As global yeah. on everything. And my and my husband's sleeping better as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The secondhand snoring is a real thing. I know. Now I only have to deal with his, but that's a whole nother issue. <laughs> that, that is a whole issue. Yeah. But um, anyways, okay, well, why don't we, um, is there anything else that you'd like to kind of bring this all together and, and let people
people yeah. know maybe what to look for and maybe who to talk to and you know that all that sort of information i know we talked a little bit about it the last time but i think it'd be good to to repeat yeah yeah so on my website tmjla and mm -hmm. tmj Canejo, which i will put in the show notes uh-huh uh, there's a lot of information on both pain and sleep yes. and the different ways that, you know, you can have it evaluated and check. Um, yeah. There is a website called tmjtherapycenter.com mm -hmm. and center is spelled C-E-N-T-R-E, -E, like the British right. way. Mm -hmm. And they have a resource page for, obviously, yes. if you're not in the play area, they have resources where you can go to place so you can find someone near you that does what we do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Although, although when you get to certain areas, there aren't very many because I was, I was looking in there. I mean, up here it's, it's fine. There's somebody in San Francisco, which isn't that far away. It's a pain to, he's in a medical building, which <laughs> it's a whole issue, whole other issue as far as yeah. parking downtown San Francisco. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but other than that, I know um, there was um, someone I was looking for in, um, in, Wisconsin and there's some there is somebody there but it's in some uh, small town and the people I'm looking for are in another small town they're not even close it's like 80 or 100 miles away so um yeah so I don't know if there's I don't know if there are other is there some other is there something else that people can do a search for as far as particular words that might bring up something that might be closer if it's um. I mean, you could just try the word, even though TMJ specialist doesn't exist, you okay. could, you could Google it and something. Uh -huh. will yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Okay, good. Good. Well, we'll try. I'll, I'll tell her to try that. Yeah. 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 No, that would, that would be great. So, um, okay. okay. And um, is there anything, any other thing other than just to tell people to, to, you know, pay attention to whether they are starting to snore and having those kinds well, of do issues. Something, or... Do something with your sleep. It's the most important thing. So mm. um, when, uh, when going to bed, make sure your bedroom is dark and cool mm. and your bedroom is only used for sleeping and sex. There's no mm -hmm. eating. There's no family time. There's no yeah. work done in the bedroom. And, you know, just, just make it a sacred space just for sleeping. Yeah. And um, that'll go a long way. We call that sleep hygiene. That'll go okay. a long way. Make sure your phones are either totally off or on airplane mode. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you can keep your head away from electrical uh, oh. devices, that'd be great. Even electrical outlets, that might be a benefit. Oh. Hmm. Just, be, just be mindful, you know, like little things of light, like sometimes tvs which i don't have a tv in my bedroom but sometimes tvs even when it's off there's that one little yes. red light, right mm -hmm. that does mess with you interesting interesting yeah yeah well and there's also there's also the whole thing of of um when the sun comes up in the morning especially mm -hmm. on these long days mm -hmm. you know and it comes up an hour or two hours or three hours before you get up mm -hmm. um, yeah and make and sure that room is dark mm -hmm. yeah Absolutely can mess with your circadian rhythm for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for bringing yeah. that up. And thank you again for having me. Oh, I really appreciate it. I, I, I can identify as you can tell you can with a relate. lot of the information I can definitely relate. Yeah. Yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So 
Okay, well, thank you. And let me just say my usual little spiel at the, um, at the end, which is that this is not to be seen as specific medical advice. And your best bet is to try and find somebody who you can go to or talk to about this information or any of the issues that you're having um, around this whole subject. Mm -hmm. And um, and for sure, check out um, Dr. Shirazi's website because there is a lot of information on there. I can attest to that. So, Thank you so that's it. And I will talk to you all. Nah, if I could talk, I will be talking with all of you guys next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.